You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. In the fall of 2013, Gary Temple Bodley began channeling a group of non-physical teachers known as Joshua. Soon thereafter, Joshua asked Gary to start writing. They have since produced four books and answered hundreds of questions in written form. In the spring of 2016, on the Law of Attraction cruise, Gary underwent hypnosis and Joshua spoke through him for the first time. Since that time, Gary has been practicing channeling Joshua verbally in live weekly calls with one-on-one students. These Joshua calls are now available to those of you joining us on the leading edge of thought. This is the expansion of the Law of Attraction. This is Joshua Live. We're thrilled you're here. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Joshua Live. I'm Gary Temple-Bodley. Today's episode, we have a special one-on-one. This is a thing that we do where I channel directly for one person, and that's why it's called a one-on-one. In this case, uh, this person, Andine, was courageous enough and generous enough to share her one-on-one with us. Usually, they're private, um, but from time to time, someone will have the inspiration to allow me to make it into a podcast, and these are some of my favorite because they really go in deep into one person's questions and life and what they're going through, and I think that you'll find this episode fascinating. So before we start, um, if you'd like to do a one-on-one, you can go to the website and take a look at that. Uh, also, there is several courses you can do. There's the Ascension Experience if you want to just start out with something uh, sort of beginner style. There's a seven-day course you can do, and there's a coupon code for $50 off of any course you want to do. That is the code 50OFF, so check that out. Also, remember to like and subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends and do all the stuff you do. All right, without any further ado, let's get going. We are thrilled to be here. Oh, hello, hello, hello. How fun is this? How fun to communicate on a higher level? How fun to connect to who you truly are, to connect to source consciousness, to connect to the authenticity of you as Ondine, equal to the authenticity of your inner self who exists alongside of you in the non-physical with you in every moment. How brilliant is it to come to this new level of awareness where you see things clearly and you're not bounced around by what events are happening on the outside. When you're going on this journey from a depth of confusion about who you are to more and more clarity about who you are. And with that comes power and confidence and fun and joy and all the things that are happening in your life now that are all meant to move you along your journey of self-discovery, all meant to be fun and joyous and expand just as you intended along the way. You have certain gifts, talents, attributes that you have brought with you into this life to unleash once you've understood your authenticity, once you've understand the power of who you truly are, once you've given up the illusion that you're not special, that you're no one special, that there's nothing meant for you, where you come into step into this agency over your life now, where you can literally be, have, and do anything you want. All options are available to you. All choices are available to you. And you're not bogged down by the worries and concerns of others who are living in fear. You understand that they're going through their process and you're going through your process and you're all equal in this, but you've attained a level of consciousness that if you have attained in order to serve your soul's purpose, your satisfying journey of understanding all that you are. And in the process, becoming an example of that serenity and harmony and peace within yourself that will be an example for others to follow. And so with that, we would like to talk to you about anything you'd like to talk about, 
where would you like to start? Oh, goodness. Okay, so many things, Joshua. Thank you so much. That feels so uh, in tune in what a lot of things I'm going to say. First of all, this is really weird. This popped in when you started to speak. It's a big question. Is Joshua Jesus? Jesus was a manifestation of a consciousness that was ready for those at that time, ready for a new level of understanding, a new level of society building, a new level of acceptance, love, understanding, and hope. A construct that would allow people to move towards something greater than themselves. To have a sense that a life could be lived that would be within the divine order of who they truly are. And as you might imagine, over 2,000 years ago, most humans were in survival mode. Most humans were living hand to mouth. Most humans were in great, great fear. There was no guiding light to lead them towards a possible sense that life could be good, that life could be cherished, that life could be without struggle and effort and suffering. Prior to that, there was no real thing for much of the population at the time to cling to. And so they were just living individually, dualistically, for themselves in order to survive out of complete fear with absolutely no possibility to control any of it. And so this led to structures and over time it changed shape and evolved and brought forth a sense of authority, albeit a small sense of authority or agency over one's life. If you lived within the parameters of these teachings, you could live a life that was going to lead somewhere. In this case, to their idea of what heaven was. If I lead a good life, I will re be rewarded in heaven. Now, this isn't actually the case because, of course, heaven is here on earth. Heaven is available to anyone who gets into the mindset of the Christ consciousness. The manifestation of that individual known as Christ was the co-creative, intentional process of one coming to physical reality to set this all up. So a pre-birth intention, a pre-birth agreement, just like anything else. Your pre-birth intentions and agreements are no different, are no different at all. This was just one meaningful addition. The pre-birth intentions of anyone who has made some impact is the same thing. Whether you perceive it as good or bad, it moves the humanity on this path towards self-authority, self-agency. That absolutely confirms everything, which leads me on to my next question. Uh, recently, I have been going through health concerns concerning my heart. And when I was in meditation, I was thinking about the Christ consciousness and Gaia. And I said, that's all that concerns me. That's all that I want to follow. And then immediately I got a terrible burning in my heart, squeezing in my heart, terrible pain. And I had to go to accident emergency. I've had ECGs, I'm under a cardiologist. And then out of the blue, 
my partner said, because he bought a new car and I've spoken to Gary about it, yet another car, a surplus of cars. Why are we having a surplus of cars? And he said, he's showing you to have fun. And when we were driving very fast, I thought, wow, what a way to go. If I go now in this amazing red, I'm not even gonna say what car it is, amazing car, that's where the way I'm gonna go. And then I realized I was having fun. And literally my life has transformed. The pain in my heart has subsided. Yes, I've got a, a heart rhythm problem. I've got a thyroid problem. They've now told me I've got too much iron in my body, which could be a problem. But what went, and I've spoken to Gary about it, was my fear of death. That was my biggest, biggest fear in the whole world of dying. And even though I've been on your teachings with you, Joshua and Gary, put Gary in here too, for a while, over three years, and Gary and I have done a lot of correspondence with each other and growth, my greatest fear, and I don't think people will talk about it or get to the point of not having fear, but literally the fear went. And I can see a new whole trajectory in my life for Ondine, which is life without fear, that the zero choice point of the heart rate monitor where you flatline, you're dead, but you're dead, you're in heaven on earth because you haven't had to die to be in heaven on earth. Exactly. Fear is the illusion. The greatest illusion is the fear of death because there is yeah. no death. No one has ever died. There has never been a death experience. No one has ever had a death experience. The experience is one of transformation. So it's a transitional experience from one reality that you call physical, that seems so real because it's, it's what you perceive with your senses, to the true reality. The true reality is the reality without fear. The physical reality is a reality that has an aspect of fear, but the fear is necessary for growth and expansion, but it can be resolved. It can be resolved mentally with a new mental construct. It is resolved by moving out of duality. If you see things as wrong, what you're doing is you're seeing things in fear. So your fear is causing you to perceive things in a way that is not accurate. Without the fear, you're in heaven. You're in heaven on earth. <laughs> you can transition yeah. while you're alive if you can transition from fear to truth, from fear to love. So the entire reality, including the fear, is manifestation of love. It's all love. Your love, it's love. The heart is where you perceive that the love is received and emitted from. And so if there's a problem with the heart... It's a problem with fear. Those who have heart attacks are in fear. And this is either a wake-up call or a way out. Wake-up call. It's yeah. perfect for whatever it is, either way. Yeah. And so if one can process enough limiting beliefs, look at things from the higher perspective, see who they truly are, realize all the fear is irrational, fear of death, completely irrational. 
It's the fear of the unknown. That's all it is. Yes. It's the fear of loss. That's all it is. You perceive that you have this life that you want to cling to. Well, do you know how many humans want to cling to life when they don't even have a life to live? When they don't even want to live, but they're still clinging, clinging, clinging. Gary had a funny conversation with his father who wanted a gun so he could kill himself. And Gary hid the gun and the gun got lost somewhere, got misplaced or taken or thrown away or whatever it was. And so his father's there at the table with this huge package of pills, popping them one by one by one. And Gary says, why are you, why are you taking these pills? If you want to die, why are you taking these pills to keep you alive? It didn't make any sense. People are doing things out of this fear of death or fear of whatever it is. They're doing things without thinking about them, without looking at the fear. Why is there a fear there? Of course, if you had no fear of death, you would be open to so many choices. If you have a fear of rejection, your choices are limited. If you have a fear of failure, your choices are limited. And that means when you receive inspiration, you're not at the zero choice point. You're somewhere off. Your range of possibilities is so narrow that because you're in duality, you're judging the possible inspiration, the possible choices that you can have, and you're not acting out of fear. Therefore, you're living in limitation. What is physical reality? It is a platform of limitation that's an illusion. What is heaven? Heaven is limitless and infinite. So to move from the limitation to limitlessness is to move from hell to heaven. And that's what the teachings of Jesus was all about. But of course, it was not in those terms, because who could have understood in those terms? No one had the agency or the freedom or the potential to expand exponentially who they are to discover who they are. You do. People living today do. It's all about understanding the limitations imposed by false irrational limiting beliefs. Most humans will not look at those limiting beliefs. They will not transmute them. They will not process them. They will not do anything about them. They will just assume that the reality that they're perceiving based on those limiting beliefs is true. And so they live lives of desperation, dissatisfaction, and suffering that's caused not by the conditions, not by the people, not even by themselves, but their refusal to look at and process limiting beliefs. Refusal to transmute the fear into love. Now, there's nothing wrong with that because it's an expansive process and it's wonderful. And they'll get the benefit of that when they shed their fears as they return to non-physical. But what if you could shed your fears in physical? Then the unfolding of the truth would come to you. What would the signs of that be? More fun, more joy, more freedom, more experience, more abundance. All these things would come as a side effect to removing self-imposed limitations. Self-imposed limitations are all based in the misperception of who one truly is. The individual living in a malevolent environment whereby things happen to them 
that are beyond their control, and so they receive urges to control. 2,000 years ago, they had very little that they can control. They had very little money, they had very little power, they had very little possibility of moving out of their strata, their family status, what they were born into, the country they were born into, the society they were born into. Now, anyone can move pretty much anywhere. Anyone could adopt any ideology. Anyone can learn anything. Anyone has access to information and anyone has access to communication. But will they push past the fear to access those things they were inspired to access? That will be up to them. You have somehow gone on this journey in accordance with your pre-birth intentions to come to the realization that heaven can be lived on earth in pure freedom once you open your heart and drop this need to be in fear. It's a need to be in fear. You believe it's appropriate in order to protect yourself and control yourself and control others and control the environment and control the conditions. You need to be in fear. You need less to be in fear than most people, but it's still this inherent quality that in order to control the bad things from happening, you must pay attention to them, abide by them, live as if they're true. Because if you don't, you subject yourself to the risk of everything you fear. But the opposite of that is true. The vulnerability, transparency, and authenticity needing no protection. Because if you're the creator of your reality, why would you need to protect yourself from anything, any of your creations, you see? The complete releasing of any control, any judgment, any opinion, any preference, any desire, all these things are based in that limited perspective. Everything you think you want, all the desires you thought you had, all based in this perspective of the limited individual who must protect themselves. If you got to this neutral state of being where you saw yourself as the creator, you would literally have no preferences, you would have no desires, you'd have no fears, you'd have no beliefs, you'd have no you'd be open to whatever the inspiration is, trusting that that inspiration coming directly from source is aligned perfectly with who you truly are as the non-physical entity that you are living this physical life. What does that mean? Does that mean more money? If that serves you, yeah. Does that mean better health? If that serves you, yeah. If you could imagine your timeline over life after life after life after life, imagine the life that you had lived prior to this life. Imagine if you resisted it, resisted it, resisted it, and did things in order to live longer, and then suddenly you were hit by a bus. And as you were being hit by the bus, you thought, this was wrong. I should be able to live another 50 years. But the bus came at the perfect time so that you could go into this life and be born as Undine. Would you give up Undine to live a few years more in that life of misery and suffering? Of course mm -hmm. not. And so who cares when you die? Who cares? You don't need to know when you die or hold on any longer. It's all perfect. It's all your creation. You can't get it wrong. It's all working out. It's all perfect in every way. Every single thing is perfect. So if you live by this idea that everything is perfect, well, you open yourself to possibility of things happening to you that you may not like. Mm -hmm. But you can only not like them from a limited perspective. From the higher perspective, you love them. 
yes, I want this to happen. Yes, I want this hard thing to happen because this hard thing is waking me up to the fact that I'm living in fear. That's all it is. So what if it explodes? So what if it doesn't explode? It doesn't matter. As long as I can live from this point on in joy, in fun, in, in interest, in satisfaction, living my life's purpose as fully as possible, that's all I care about. This is so interesting um, because last night my wonderful partner said, have you seen the news? And I said, no, I haven't because I try not to watch it. And he said, oh, Russia are going to do a underwater missile nuke and wipe out the UK. And I said, oh, well, that'll be fun. That'll be the fun way to go. I said, we won't know about it, so it doesn't matter. What's the point of thinking about it? So I now see that it really is important to have fun, that when we get a manifestation event, we've got all the teaching from you, Joshua. We've got Jessica showing us how to process them. But if we go, okay, I've got a manifestation, let's go through it. I had a manifestation last night. I've got a little Instagram account, which I love. And I was very worried about not having enough followers. And my youngest son said, mum, I wait for your Instagram posts every day. And so does my girlfriend. And he said, people may not like it, but they will read them because there's a lot of what you know in there, which will be the teachings of you, Joshua, and things. I'm not saying that because I try and do things without too much, I would call woo-woo, so that people can learn and see the words. We don't always have to be woo-woo out to people. And he said there may be one person that day which was going to commit suicide and you've just saved them by doing it anyway. So I had this very uh, quite well-famous coach life coach follow me i won't say his name and he's got thousands and thousands hundreds of thousands of followers so i had posted a post which said do you believe you can be abundant and he posted and said yes definitely but you know you're not you're not saying how you do it so then given everything i've learned in three years I posted, I said, well, it probably comes down to worthiness. If you can't believe that you can be abundant, it would go back to your parents, possibly saying, you know, we don't have enough money. So Leia's the youngest, you've got to work through it, et cetera, et cetera. Well, within five seconds, he unfollowed me. And it was a slight manifestation event at about midnight in the UK time last night. And then I thought, no, Normally, I would get a manifestation about, but I thought, no, I'm not having a manifestation about. I've worked with a very, very well known and American coach, and he always said to me two things. First of all, if you lose somebody, find out why, because you'll learn from it. And two, always be unique and have your own source. So I went back and I said those two things to him, and I said, could you let me know? You know, I wasn't trying to uh, teach you as a coach, I was just going, teaching you how I've become abundant. And I didn't want to tell him my abundance because he, I only post flower pictures and my little Instagram posts of writing, but here's all about with the big house and the car and whatever. And I'm possibly more abundant in my own way than him, but I, I obviously didn't want to do that. But in my own way, I said, but he hasn't replied. So we, we, why am I talking about this? Yeah, so I had fun going back. I wasn't in fear. I just thought, no, have fun. Find out why he he unfollowed me, 
work through it, learn a lesson from it, because I think we all must learn lessons and things and go from there. Why did he unfollow you? You know why. Yeah, because I think he's still going to look at my posts, even though he's unfollowed me. <laughs> you, you simply triggered a limiting yeah. belief within him. Yes. So here he is purporting to be a spiritual teacher. Yeah. Top doing coach. so from the limited perspective of the human living in duality. Yes. And propping up societal perceptions of what success is, which is control. Hard work, setting your goals, motivation, effort and struggle. That's his belief where abundance is created. What if abundance was always there in every moment? What if the definition of abundance was receiving everything you need when you need it to explore whatever you're choosing to explore? If you're choosing to explore limitation and poverty and lack, if that's your exploration, well, you couldn't receive what you think of as a solution to that because a solution would make no sense. It would violate all the laws of the universe. You're exploring poverty. You're exploring unworthiness. You're exploring lack. You're exploring not having enough money at the end of the month. This is the exploration that you're choosing based on the mental construct that you've created for yourself. And as you explore that, you are facing manifestation events that point out the fact that that's what you're exploring. An unexpected bill, the car breaks down, you get fired from your job. These are all manifestations of this exploration of lack. Everything is coming to point to you, your exploration, based in the mental construct and the belief system that you have, that you're not worthy of abundance, you're not capable, you're not special, you're not whatever it is. If you're trying to promote the false perception that abundance is the key to happiness and satisfaction, it can't work. Now, certainly you could have a lot of followers and you could say that's successful, but you can't feel satisfied in that. It's impossible because it violates every law of the universe. And so he's on his journey and he's discovering that and he's exploring that and he's playing around with that, but he has to have this narrow bandwidth of limitations imposed. And any ideology outside that bandwidth of limitation that he's imposed on himself will trigger a limiting belief. And he will act on an urge to control the source of that trigger, which in this case was your words that were aligned perfectly with the design of the system, with the laws of the universe. He doesn't want to believe that is anything other than what he believes it to be, because that would shake up his mental construct or his perception of reality. He would lose control over all of this. In fact, inspiration is coming to him all the time. Look at this video, look at these teachings. This is how he found your Instagram in the first place, because he's receiving it. But as soon as something conflicts with his limiting beliefs, it triggers negative emotion and fear, and he receives urges to act on the conditions and change or control the conditions, so he opts out. Now you write him back and say, why did you do this? He's still in fear. He can't respond. 
He doesn't know why. He has no idea why. Why is because he believes that he could lose by investigating other possibilities. The fear of loss. This is where humans get to. They've created, 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 created. They've scraped together a pile of dirt, which they say, this is my creation. And my entire life is this creation and my satisfaction or whatever abundance or status or whatever it is. It's just a pile of dirt. It isn't any creation. But to the person who's created this little scraping together of particles of sand, that is an empire to them. And they fear losing that empire. And we say, to gain true freedom, you have to blow away that pile of sand. Gary had to lose everything. Yeah. His little pile of sand that he thought meant something about him had to be blown away so that he could be open to new possibilities. I'll just jump in there. Um, it has crossed my mind recently when I've heard you talking about it. Uh, Gary had to lose everything. Um, in 2005, I lost everything. I don't think I ever told Gary, but I, I married and he stole everything. I had to go to court. It was the most stressful thing I've ever done in my life. I fought and fought and fought. I got back enough to survive and the universe gave me enough to start again, a, 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 you know, an amount to start again. So I actually lost everything. Not only did at that time, I know it can't happen physically or, or in the spiritual world, but my heart was broken. Uh, I lost everything, but the greatest thing in the whole world, which I have done such forgiveness and thanks to the person who was my second husband, is that he brought me to where I live. When I came that first day, when I moved with him to be here from where I was, my life changed. Every single thing changed. I, I would never ever in a million years, if you paid me $1 billion, I wouldn't take it to go back and change it. It's not about money. It's about that something brought me to a place where the trajectory of my life changed which brought me on a course to uh, get to where I am, not only to Joshua teachings, but for my own spiritual expansion, I could never have got there unless I'd literally been wiped out of what I thought was love. So I had to come back and work on myself to find the love within. Also financially, moving homes uh, and being in a town that I really didn't know all on my own with my new husband having walked out and left me. But this all gave for the greater expansion for all the teachings to come in. And then I can now see, it's like uh, when, when somebody posts on um, either Ascension Group or uh, Joshua Bootcamp with a lot of the seasoned people will be able to see it. And I did make a post on this on my Instagram that when you're not emotionally evolved, involved you can actually see a higher perspective but because when you're involved in your emotions being the person who's being the victim at that time you you see everything is wrong but uh, but as we gain clarity in boot camp the ascension experience going forward we can help other people see that they were they're, they're perceiving themselves as victims rather than creators and that there is an alternative perspective isn't it 
easy to see someone else's issue, but you can't see your own issues. Correct. Because you're not invested in those issues. You know that, oh, they're just having a limiting belief here. They're just acting this way. They're just in fear of this and that based on their mental construct they've created so far. To be able to see your own issues, you have to give up your attachment to anything you think about yourself. Anything you own, any quality you think is good or bad, any of these things, any preferences, any desires. What Gary thought was weird when he was going from everything to nothing was that he had this amazing sense of relief. He no longer had to go in the office and deal with all the issues and the employees and all these things and keep everything juggled in the air. He wasn't satisfied in that anyway. And now he's living in this house on the river, nature behind, can't see the neighbors, absolutely beautiful, doesn't have to drive anywhere, works out of the house, has nothing really to do, so can only focus on what's most exciting at the time, has no distractions, so he can read and watch videos and do these things. And as he started recovering from that, he was involved in passions, things he was interested in. Yet he had the sense that he's got to try and get that money back. Well, that was perfect because it led him on the spiritual journey. At the time, thinking that the spiritual route will make it easier to get the money back. From his perspective at the time, which was limited, he thought this was all a mistake. He did something wrong that shouldn't have happened and that he wished that he had made a couple of decisions differently. But now, just like you, he wouldn't want a billion dollars to trade back for that old, dissatisfying life. No matter how much he invested in the effort and struggle to make more and more and more, and this was what was the downfall, was that he would be successful, not enough. No satisfaction in that. Didn't make him change the way he thought about himself. Had to go more, more success, more success. Keep pushing, pushing, taking greater risks, taking greater risks, piling it on, piling it on. And when it all came down like a house of cards, he was left with the truth that none of that mattered. Here he is living with Lily in this beautiful house with their dogs, cooking and having fun and having friends over and not going anywhere. Oh, there wasn't a lot of money, but there was enough to do everything he needed to do. Somehow there was enough to do everything he needed to do. There was still conflict and manifestation events going on because he hadn't learned to process limiting beliefs, but it all led perfectly over a series of years to where he is now. The same exact thing with you and with everyone else. So the idea is that how easy it is to see other people's issues because you're not emotionally involved with them and how hard it is to see your own issues because you are emotionally involved, then just become less emotionally involved. That's done by processing limiting beliefs and seeing yourself from a higher perspective and moving out of duality, out of the illusion, into the truth and gaining clarity, and then realizing that when someone brings up something that you're doing, you don't have to defend yourself anymore. You can say, thank you for that. Thank you. Now I, I can look at it. I can see it. I can see what I've been doing. It was hidden from me because I was so invested. All these manifestation events that were happening and all these signs were coming to me and people would say stuff like this in the past, but I would be resistant to it and argue with them and tell them they were wrong. Now I can see that everything is right. Yeah, absolutely. That, that 
is so brilliant. Thank you so much. So on Monday, in the new car, which is meant to be fun, we go on a car convoy. Um, we go to a racetrack, a three cars, fun, fun, fun. I have actually never let my hair down and had so much fun. And on the way back, the lead car says, we're going to go through this place. And I say, oh my goodness, that is where I went to school. I have never been back there, or never wanted to go back there since 1976 when I was expelled, but I wasn't just expelled me, the entire year group was expelled because we'd all apparently had drunk some cider, yes, cider, and we were all made to go home, but I couldn't go home because I lived in Ireland and I had to go and stay with someone. And in 1976, it was the year of the drought, hot, hot, hot in England. I didn't have a flight for two weeks and my friend had a huge house and it was fabulous and I had a swimming pool and I had the best two weeks of my life. So how perfect was that? Anyway, so we start driving down this hill and it's called Duncton Hill. And then all the memories came flooding back that Sally, the girl in my dormitory, had packed her suitcase at 2 a.m. with her teddy bear, aged 11 years old, and walked up Duncton Hill and was brought back by the police to the school. I don't know the story of what happened. But it led me to five years of the most unhappy time in my life. The abandonment, the unworthiness, being left by my parents. They lived abroad. Uh, the only thing I did every day was reverse charge calls to my parents to cry every day for five years. And as I was going around the hill, down the hill towards the school, which I could see, which had been repainted, which I always imagined being grey and dark, had been painted the most beautiful cream magnolia uh color and as i drove by i thought wow that's different you know it's different um i remembered that rob who's in the group and uh jessica we have a special little um group on messenger where we talk lots of joshua things and we expand and we expand and we expand and they talk about the teachings of castaneda now the teachings of castaneda are where you can go back and take your energy from where you used to be and and carry on with your life so we drive down this mile long driveway and as I'm there I'm in that car and my partner says to me are you okay I said no I'm not I'm taking everything back I'm taking my energy my childhood back I'm taking the 11 year old girl who was left at boarding school but I said I'm going to leave the sorrow there because I'm going to leave the sorrow I don't want to take that with me but I'll take her so we drive up to this magnificent building in this wonderful car, which now gives fun. I get out. I go up on the steps inside this huge building. I'm feeling good. And my best friend, who in her own way is very spiritual, and as she takes the picture, she goes, oh, my goodness. And she walks towards me. And on the ground, my necklace I was wearing had broken in two. There was a Buddha. So it was a chain with a Buddha and a tassel and the tassel was on the ground and so I got in the car and I said that was it that was what I was leaving behind and the other which was the Buddha bit funnily enough actually I'm now guessing this thank you Joshua I think you're probably saying it and Walter too is is the spiritual teachings came with me the tassel the end bits don't really matter but I got in the car and my partner I said it to him 
And he's never said anything like this before. He said, wow, that was powerful. And as we drove away, I mean, I can hardly say this, in the distance, there was this most massive fire. But I didn't see the fire, just plumes and plumes of smoke in the distance. Huge, massive fire, not very far away. And I took a picture. And we all ended up in a petrol station in a, in a, in a garage to get some fuel. And my girlfriend, she took the picture, she said, did you see the, the smoke? I said, yeah, I got it. It was like the Indians making smoke signals. That was for me. That was me all the past those five years of unhappiness, the, the, the unworthiness, wearing glasses, being specky four eyes. Everything just went up in smoke. Anyway, yesterday morning, she called me and she said, because uh, I called, uh, I called her, sorry, I called her and she said, you know about that smoke? She said, I, she said, I cannot believe it. It was on the news. It was a school on fire. So, I, <laughs> I mean, I can't make it up. So fortunately it was a bank holiday in the UK. So there would have been no children there. It was just a school that went up in smoke, whether that was illusion to show me anything. But I think if I'm correct, Joshua, that, that, we can uh, take our energy back. We can leave certain things behind. And for me, I moved on after 42 years. I think it's 42 years. I moved on uh, to a new trajectory. I think I'm, I'm less in the duality now. I think I'm more, it, more I, I know we'll go back and forth my whole life. I will never get out of duality. But it's it's put, as we would say, one foot more heavily planted in 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 one area rather than I used to be before. Think of the analogy of the Buddha necklace with the tassel. The tassel falls off. Yeah. What does the tassel represent? Uh well, the tassel. Adornment, uh, I, decoration. Yes. Yes. Fluff. Nothing. Yes emptiness nothing that's important the spirituality yes. represented by the buddha this is the only thing that's important right okay so humans are living this life as a spiritual being in a physical reality trying to adorn themselves with things that don't matter and making the adornment the primary importance in their life the car the house the job the relationships yeah. the physical body the makeup the dresses the clothes the experiences that are not satisfying, vacations, fancy dinners, playing golf, these sort of things. The Buddha doesn't need a tassel. The Buddha is the pure essence of spiritual connection and neutrality. The tassel is the duality. Remove the duality and you're left with the spiritual nature of the entity that's living this physical life. The tassel or the adornment or the fluff, the things that don't matter, are the illusion that one believes will create satisfaction, happiness, worthiness, all these things. But it's actually the removing of those things. Not the physical removing of them, but the mental alchemy where you're changing the importance of your job, your house, your relationship, your health, your physical body, the way you look, your bank account. You're changing what that means. You're alchemizing your mental construct with regard to what those things mean. Of course, you want a beautiful house. Of 
course you want beautiful relationships. But those things don't mean anything about you. They are just reflections of you. A reflection of your worthiness. And so if you see someone who is overweight, you know that there is something in their belief system about themselves that is causing them to receive thoughts that are uncomfortable and to suppress those uncomfortable emotions and thoughts. Maybe they gravitate towards food or maybe they have a system going on that brings in hunger, urgency, getting out of that present situation. So you can see anyone who is out of whack with who they truly are. They're doing things that are manifestations of fear in behaviors that are based on that fear or those limiting beliefs. They are trying to adorn themselves in order to make themselves feel something they don't feel now. And they'll effort and struggle and push past fear to take actions to finance this adornment. But it will never bring satisfaction. But it is expansion because they're pushing past fear to take action. But the action is always based in that fear. So it is a departure or a temporary detour from their inspired path. Temporary. Okay, so you see a human who believes that they're the victims of their conditions, meaning that outside conditions can make them feel something. The, the conditions cause their emotions. All humans live with this belief that conditions cause their emotions. In order to solve the problem of these conditions causing these upheaval of emotions, they seek to control the conditions. So they effort and struggle their way, which means that they are taking action. They are moving, moving, moving until they give up until they give up because there's no, they realize there's nothing they can do. So they just lead very quiet lives. They withdraw. They don't put themselves out there for fear of negative emotion. This momentum builds. At first, let's imagine you're 20 years old. You have a zest for life and you want to really do something that will make you be perceived as good by others. And so you push past fear and you apply for jobs or you travel or you get into relationships or whatever you do. And then the negative emotions come because you're not getting what you think you want. This creates this illusion that there's something wrong with you. There's something inherently wrong. But go back even before that. Why would the person who's 20 years old want to go out and prove themselves to the world? Because of the dissatisfaction, hurt, and pain that was experienced in their youth. It's very clear that you can see that this was a perfect set of conditions that would cause a trajectory. The trajectory could be, I have to get married, I have to have children, I have to have a job, I have to be successful, I have to have a house, I have to have all these things in order to be loved, admired, respected, liked, to be happy. I have to get these things. So this causes those people to take action to get those things. The trajectory goes along, they get these things, they don't feel any better, they blame it on their spouse, they get divorced, they quit their job, they get in lawsuits, they get DUIs, they get whatever it is. That culmination of effort and struggle through trying to alleviate all the issues that happened in childhood culminate in an event. We could say it's an awakening event. One event that ceases the old life and brings forth the possibility of a new life. This could happen many, many, many lifetimes before one really goes on a new journey finds new information, opens up their limitations enough to let in new information because they say, all the stuff I was doing before led to this collapse of it all. There's got to be something more. 
opens it up to new information. If their belief system is open enough through enough lifetimes of this, they'll allow in that new information. The person who followed you on Instagram who clicked off is still in that process, you see, and has still time to go. Their essential spirit is manifesting in saying things and leading people and having followers and trying to be positive and all these things. That's the essential spirit that will one day be a true teacher. Yes. Maybe this life, maybe the next life, maybe a life after that. One day, it's a timeline set up. So you've lived life after life after life of your essential spirit as a teacher coming through in different awarenesses, different psychic abilities, different intuitive abilities into this life where you've exponentially accelerated that process of discovery. And so you said something interesting. I know I will always live in duality. That is not true. At some point, you will escape the shackles of duality. So think of the shackles of, of duality. You are shackled to this belief system, thinking that that shackle was attached to the wall and that there was no key. So you got it away from the wall and now you could walk around. You finally realize it was never attached to the wall. You're seeing all these new things, but this chain and shackle is still attached to your leg. You never looked in your back pocket and saw the key. The key has always been there. And so one day you will reach for the key and you'll unlock the shackle and you will be out of duality because the only thing you need to do to be out of duality is to understand duality. Once you understand duality, you're free from duality. You know that if you're judging something is wrong, that you're going back to duality by choice, not because you have to anymore. The masses believe that that's just okay. how it is. When okay. you go yeah. back into duality, you're choosing to, but you're doing it from a neutral place. So you're out of duality already. Okay. As nothing, I said, nothing yes. can make you feel anything. Exactly. You're Thank always you. choosing it. So the key to escaping duality is realizing that you're always choosing it. Okay. I did. Okay. You will know whether I'm being truthful or not, Joshua. When I said that, about being in duality a little voice said in my head you don't need to be in duality but i said it because i thought me was me not trusting my own um capabilities your own I wisdom thought, well, maybe um, yeah my wisdom which i don't with water and things when they come through uh mine little voice said in my head well you don't need to be in duality but then i said it so yes the it is the choice if i choose to go back in to duality i can but for me now it is the other way and i will also ask you a question okay we're talking about the tassel falling off the buddha that's the more spiritual side especially with my heart opening which is what i believed happened when i was meditation with the christ consciousness and gaia to my heart opening but i got in fear and then that led to a round of medical tests and whatever if i go i go now because i i understand that if it's my time to go, well, uh, we all have a time that's set upon us when, when we go. So there's no fear and I'm having fun. Um, as regards the cars, I wrote to Gary and said that I didn't want the cars, but they keep coming in. Okay. Now, is it non-spiritual? Okay. Th the way I can sum it up is we want to go to Fatima 
the most religious site in the world in the summer, but my partner wants to go in this particular car. And I said, how can we go to Fatima in this car when there are people in wheelchairs and whatever? And I said to him... How can people in wheelchairs go when there's people in fancy cars? No, you said, how can we go in this fancy car when there's people in wheelchairs? And we say, how can people in wheelchairs go when there's all these fancy cars? You see? (laughs) It's just a perspective. Every everything has two sides. The yin and the yang. Everything has two sides. If you go in the car because you want to you want to show status, you want to prove yourself to the others there that you're better, that wouldn't work. But that's not what you're doing. You're doing because it's fun. Yes. And wouldn't it be an example to others that there are spiritual people who are wealthy? They're all believing, like you did, that to be rich and enter the kingdom of heaven is like putting a donkey through the eye of a needle or a camel through the eye of a needle. This basic limiting belief that wealth is bad. What that statement means is the one who has the wealth has the ability to control so much. And it's the one who is in control cannot go to the kingdom of heaven because they're living in fear and control. That's all it is. But wouldn't it be natural for one who's living this awakened, higher vibrational, clear, aligned, neutral life to release all their limitations? And once those self-imposed limitations are released, then all the abundance, all the freedom, all the fun, anything that's aligned with fun would come. So it's the perfect manifestation of an aligned state of being or of a neutral, clear state of being. Yes. Wow. Wow. This is an interesting one. Um, Okay. Joshua, what does a channel channel? When you think of your radio and it's set to a station, your radio is the channel and the transmission is coming on in that vibration. So the channel just raises to some vibration and receives the communication that's on par with that vibration or at that same vibration. So all a channel is doing is moving up in vibration to a message that resonates with that same vibration or that same frequency. The higher the frequency of the human, the higher the channel. Of course, this is all funneled through the interests and desires and pre-birth intentions of the channel itself. And so Gary's interests are in practical teachings and clarity and understanding that can be absorbed to enhance one's actual physical reality without all the woo-woo and the aliens and all these things. That's at a vibration. Now, you think of vibrations as lines across, straight lines across. And so you want to raise your vibration to get to the next line, to get the next line. But what you're actually doing is think of stars in the sky. There are infinite number of stars that are all around you. There's some far out there, some closer in. It doesn't matter where they are. You're just picking a star. And that star would be the consciousness that you're connecting to. And so Gary, through his pre-birth intentions, through his interests, through his desires, through the life he's lived, through his preferences, his confidence levels, all these things, picked the star called Joshua. And that is where it comes from. So another channel may pick the star called Abraham and pick the star called Christ consciousness or pick the star called Isis or pick the star called Pleiadians and and Arturians and all these different stars. They all have 
consciousness flowing all with the understanding of how the universe works. So there's no inconsistencies among any of it. The flavor of the channel is based on the channel itself and the vibration of that channel. If you got to the highest vibration, you would pick the star of source and you would be a clear channel to source. That's where the zero choice point is. It's this coming through this complete state of neutrality that you're receptive to that clear source consciousness for you in particular, based in your pre-birth intentions, based in your preferences and your desires and your interests and your, your trajectory of your life and your past lives and your future lives, all of that culminating into this one moment in time where you get one idea in that moment and there's no other choice. It is so powerful <laughs> that you have to act. There's no fear in neutrality, so there's nothing preventing you from acting. You have a wide open range of potential choices. And so the one choice comes out, there is no other choice, you take the action, and that action is exponentially more effective than any amount of toil and trouble that you can imagine. This has been an amazing conversation. We've enjoyed our time with you completely. We want you to know that this is a fun conversation, but you do not need us. This is just <laughs> for fun. You do not need to look outside of yourself for any answers. It is all within you. Everything is within. You can trust yourself so much more than you're trusting yourself now. There is no need to doubt any of it. You are on your path spectacularly. There's few examples of anyone like you in the universe. You are so far ahead of where you thought you would be. And the life that you chose for yourself this time around was the perfect life. Every single part of it, every single despair, every single part of suffering, all of that that you perceive was bad and wrong was necessary to bring you here now. You got here now. So for the rest of your life from this point forward, just have fun. And with that, we are complete. Oh my God. That was so good. Wasn't that amazing? I hope you really enjoyed that conversation and thanks so much to Andine for sharing that with all of us. It's really amazing how you can find someone who's courageous enough to put that out there and then share it with the whole world. So we really appreciate Andine for that. If you'd like to do your own one-on-one, -on -one, visit the website at theteachingsofjoshua.com and check that out. And also check out the different courses you can take. And with every course, there's a coupon code, which is called 50OFF that's available for the next two weeks. If you have any comments, well, please leave them below uh, or send me an email to garybodley at gmail.com. And if you um, would like to help us out, you can subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends and leave a review that really helps and like it and all that stuff. So thanks again for being here and we'll see you next time. Thank Bye. you for joining us for this episode of Joshua Live. If you have a question you would like Joshua to answer on the show, send us a message on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash teachings of Joshua. As always, remember that you are loved more than you can imagine by more than you could ever count. We'll see you next time.